0: Good to see everyone here this morning. We have a few announcements before we get started. Um, Birthdays for this coming week. On the second, Clinton Galloway's birthday. The third is Aaron Jones Carver's birthday and John Paul Kelly. Fourth is Alice Boso. Fifth is Rick Keister and Kristen Ward. The eighth is Jennifer Baker and Katie Berkey. And wedding anniversary, Rusty and Shauna's, is uh, on the seventh. So remember those people this week if you can. Um, on a prayer list, uh, JB's daughter-in-law and granddaughter Shannon and Brittany were in a wreck on their way to Freed. Um, JB said it was a pretty bad wreck. They are now, is it back at your house, JB? Back at, They're back at JB's, um, recovering, um, so keep them in your prayers. Um, also in the hospital, Candy Jones-Wyford, if I pronounce that correctly, uh, has covid Uh Candy's parents used to go to Rome here years ago, and she has COVID and it's affecting her heart really bad. Jackie and Ronnie James are in St. Mary's with COVID as well, and Jackie's not doing very well with it at all. Remember Jaden Allen, this is grandson of Steve and Peggy Rowe. Jaden will be seeing doctors in Columbus for his Crohn's disease. Jackson Walker, remember him in your prayers with the upcoming appointment at Children's Hospital. Leah Payne's been suffering from a pinched nerve in her neck. Remember all those that are suffering from cancer, our shut-ins, people at Wingate, and we would like to extend our sympathy to the family of Pam Matthews. This is Janet Barkus and Becky Zimmerman's sister at her passing. Memorial service was held last Friday. Is there any other announcements need to be made? If not, I'd like for you to pray with me, please. Our Father in heaven, we're for this day, Father, and we thank for this opportunity we've had to come here this morning to study from your word, Father pray that you would bless this service, Father. Be with us as we partake in the Lord's Supper. Be with Dave as he brings us the message, Father. Father, we're just thankful for this day and this opportunity. Pray that you'd be with us, Father, the rest of this week. Be with those that are on the sick list. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
1: First song this morning is number 585, 585. If you would, let's stand for this song, please.
2: 13. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you this day. thanking you so much for our many blessings, Father. Thanking you for the opportunity that we have to come sing songs of praise to you, hear a message from your word, and commune with you, Father as there is no greater love than what Jesus Christ showed for us, his example that he lived here on this earth and the sacrifice that he gave for us of his life, that we can be with you someday in heaven. Father, I pray that we can take this gift and spread it throughout the community here in Rome and throughout the world. Please be with each and every one of us that is present here, the ones that are away from us at this time. pray that you'll bless them as well. Thank you so much for your love. It's through your son's name that we pray. Amen.
1: Our next song is number 874. 874.
3: stood up I knew I'd forgotten something sorry about that history is full of examples of people who think they've made the right decisions and are going to win Um, we see it often and often it is accompanied by a confidence or an overconfidence that in the end um, the tables get turned at the very last. There are many uh, stories of this throughout the Bible and I wanna talk about one of those, but as we celebrate Jesus and we remember his sacrifice, it's so ironic and it's so interesting to me how the devil thought he won the day Jesus was crucified. But in the end, it was exactly the way God wanted it and God turned the tables and through that event, the crucifixion and the resurrection, we were able here today to inherit eternal life. And we remember, we remember that. One of the stories in the Old Testament is uh, full of these types of um, turning the tables or things going differently than the way uh, the plotter or the planner perceived. Um, is in the book of First Kings, if you want to turn to there. First Kings chapter 1. And this is about um, one of David's sons, who was actually Absalom's brother, um, whose name was Adonijah. 1 Kings chapter 5, and this is right as David is uh, old and and about to pass away soon. Now Adonijah, son of David, David, and Haggith was promoting himself, boasting, I will be king, and he managed to acquire chariots and horsemen as well as 50 men to serve in his royal guard. Also, um, then the um, so the news got back to David. So before um, Adonijah was having this big party where he had declared himself king, while that was going on, uh, word got to David and the king. David swore an oath, as certainly as the Lord lives, he who has rescued me from every danger, I will keep today, I will keep today the oath I swore to you by the Lord God of Solomon. Or, I'm sorry, the Lord God of Israel. Surely Solomon, and he's talking to Bathsheba, your son will be king after me and he will sit in my place on, his thr- on my throne. And there Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet will anoint him king over Israel and then blow the trumpet and declare, long live King Solomon. So now, while Adonijah is still having his, um, his dinner, all this other stuff, the actual king was proclaimed. Verse 41 of 1 Kings 1. Now Adonijah and all his guests heard the commotion just as they had finished eating. When Joab heard the sound of the trumpet, he asked, Why is there such a noisy commotion in the city? As he was still speaking, Jonathan, son of Abiathar, the priest, arrived. Adonijah said, Come in, for an important man like you must be bringing good news. Adonijah had everything exactly the way he wanted to. But then Jonathan replied, to Adonijah. No, our master, King David, has made Solomon king. Now think of the chills when Adonijah heard those words. And then in verse 49, all of Adonijah's guests panicked. They jumped up and rushed off their separate ways. And Adonijah feared Solomon, so he got up and went and grabbed hold of the horns of the altar. Eventually, uh, a little bit later, uh, Adonijah met his end uh, in the next chapter, and you can read about that if you'd like to. But my point of, of our lesson today is is so easy, it's sometimes um, can be hard when we see um, the devil winning, I guess, or it appears that the devil is winning, and we have to have faith that God has a plan for us as long as we trust in him and we obey him, and the biggest thing that we can obey is to obey his gospel and to, be, uh, to realize that Jesus was the Son of God and that he conquered death through his crucifixion and rising from the dead. And that is what we remember today as we are about to partake of the Lord's Supper. If you would, let's pray as we bless the bread. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come and be together to worship you. We pray that our worship will be in truth and in spirit and that you will guide us. We thank you so much for the sacrifice of Jesus. We thank you for the peace that it offers us. We thank you for the hope that it offers us. Lord, we ask that you give us wisdom as we navigate our world. We pray that you will help us to always remember the hope is truly in you. Bless this bread as we remember Jesus' sacrifice and his broken body on that cross. And it's through Jesus we pray. Amen. this time let us let us give thanks for the fruit of the vine again dear lord we thank you for jesus we thank you for the blood that was shed that washes our souls clean lord we thank you for this simple memorial we thank you for the depth of the meaning we pray that we will take it partake of it today in a way that is pleasing unto you and we ask that you bless this fruit of the vine it's through jesus we pray amen As you all know, this is the time that we usually uh, per, take up the communion. However, again, the uh, two yellow boxes are in the back. Um, if, on your way out, if you would leave your uh, contribution there. And uh, let us pray that we may bless that. Dear Lord, again we come thanking you for every single blessing you give to us each and every day. The ones we're aware of, Lord, and even the ones we're not aware of, we just thank you for watching over us we pray that you will bless the offering that is given today that it may be put to good use in our community that it may go to help save souls here and across the world lord lord we pray that you will bless those who give and we pray that you will continually watch over us and continue to bless us lord we just thank you so much and it's through jesus we pray amen
1: If you would, let's stand.
4: Good morning. Glad to see everybody here this morning. If you're visiting with us, we're glad you decided to worship with us this morning. Uh, Chris is not here. He's in Tennessee. Um, So if you get an opportunity, uh, we do hope you come back and get an opportunity to hear him speak. Uh, He's been speaking about the book of Proverbs, so he's done a great job on that. So I do encourage you to come and hear him on that. Psalms, what? Psalms. Sorry, I know I'm already messing up. So, a little nervous up here. It's been a long time since I've preached uh, since uh, this whole COVID things happened, and uh, and then you know it's online. It makes you even more nervous that because it comes straight down on your bald head. So I'm not, I, I'm gonna see if I'm balding, but I'm not sure if I am or not. But um, but. Uh, You know, I don't remember the last time I've heard or thought about the name Mephibosheth. Now, Mephibosheth is a story that I've read in the Bible. It's a story that teaches us about the value of friendship. And to be quite honest with you, I had to use some Bible tools in order to refresh myself With the story, because it's been such a long time since I've read it and read the text. But I found it, and I'm glad I refreshed myself with reading the story about Mephibosheth. And a lot of things going on in my life with school, with church, this coronavirus, everything you're reading on the news is a story I could not get out of my head. Because I've realized that I'm embarrassed to say that it's a story that I let it slip through the cracks. Because it's a story in the Bible that I really need to be reminded of. It's a story that I needed to hear and I still need to hear. And I doubt that I'm the only person in this auditorium this morning who's ever felt this way. I mean, I felt this way more than I care to admit, and I'm embarrassed to say that. Is what business do I have going to church, much less trying to teach a lesson? It has nothing to do with the church, it has nothing to do with the people in the church, it has to do with me. Well, you may say, David, what are you talking about? You know, sometimes when I look at myself in the mirror and I sort of look at what's going on in my life and I'm thinking, how in the world can God put up with somebody like me? I mean, how can I go to church and act like things are, are going pretty good, things are going all right in my life? Yeah, I can sit there and teach a lesson. Yes, I can sit there and be friendly to everybody. But what about the sin, the sin in my life? The sin I still struggle with every single day. How about the times when I said I would do better, but I still struggle? What about the times when I said I would do better, but I fail? I said I would do better, but I trip up. The times I said I would do better, but I just disappoint myself. And I'm thinking, who am I to walk into a church building and pretend that I'm a dedicated Christian? Knowing good and well that I struggle, I fail, I fall, I fake. Now, to be honest with you, sometimes I attribute that to Satan because Satan is described as the accuser of all brethren. Sometimes Satan knows how to pour the fuel on the fire and say, you hypocrite, you phony, you player. How in the world do you think God has any time or place for somebody like you? Because I know good and well. I know how weak I really am. Then you come to the story of Mephibosheth. If you got your Bibles, open them to to the ninth chapter of 2 Samuel. That's 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9. And my guess is I'm probably not the only one who's felt this way. Because I wonder how many people this morning didn't even get up to try to make it to church. Or maybe they didn't try to make it for a short period of time. Or maybe a long period of time. Because of those same feelings. Maybe there was a time they did, or maybe there was a time they never did. But they felt like they were not not good enough. They felt like they weren't qualified. They didn't live up to some basic standard or basic simple activity a simple activity like getting involved or engaged in some church activity. But here in the ninth chapter of 2 Samuel, David here, David, he's king over Israel. And he's been king for a number of years. He's very well established. He's very well secure. Some would say he's been king for probably about 15 years. And he's looking back on his life, and he's thinking of how everything came about. Thinking about how he was anointed by Samuel. Thinking how he was chased by Saul. And finally, Saul and his sons were killed. And David becomes king. David becomes king over part of the kingdom. Then he becomes king over the entire kingdom. But David here, in the ninth chapter, 2 Samuel, begins by asking a question. He begins by asking, Is there still anyone left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now, Jonathan was Saul's son. Jonathan was David's best friend. Jonathan was someone in the Bible that says that David loved him as much as he loved himself, and that feeling was mutual. Jonathan was the one who recognized that David would be the next king, not Jonathan. I guess you could have seen Jonathan as someone you would say would have been the next heir to the kingdom. But Jonathan knew better. Jonathan didn't see it that way. David could have been viewed as... David could have viewed Jonathan as the competition, as the rival. David could have viewed him as the person to sit there and take Jonathan's place. But Jonathan never, ever saw it that way. He knew that God's hand was on David the entire time. And Jonathan was there to protect David, to encourage David, to inform David on what was going on. But here, Jonathan is dead. He died when his father Saul was killed, and they were both killed in battle. And he starts by asking a question. Is there someone left in Saul's family because at had such a close relationship, such a deep friendship with Jonathan? I want to do something nice for the family, for, for Jonathan's honor. And I go on reading... It says, "Now, there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Zebah, and they called him to David, And the king said to him, "Are you Zebah?" And he said, "I am your servant." And the king said, "Is there not still someone in the house of Saul that I may show kindness of God to him?" Zebah said to the king, "There is still a son." Of Jonathan. What? What, Jonathan still has a son and and he's still alive? But listen to what it says. He is crippled in his feet. Now, I don't know how that was said. I don't know how that was spoken. You know, it could have probably been said, you know, you really don't want him. He's not the person you're looking for. He's crippled. But Jonathan's saying, but he's still alive. Jonathan has a son and he's still alive. But he's crippled. Now, they're talking about Mephibosheth here. Now, keep your finger there in the, sec, in the ninth chapter, 2 Samuel, and turn with me for a moment to the fourth chapter of 2 Samuel. It's, 2nd Samuel chapter 4 verse 4 And it reads Jonathan the son of Saul had a son who was crippled in his feet He was 5 years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came to Jezreel Now that news was that they were defeated in battle That news was that Jonathan and Saul were killed. That news was in those days when a king was killed, all bets are off. There's kingdom turnover. Anything can happen. And here's one of Jonathan's sons, one of Saul's grandsons, and he's five years old and he's being carried by a nurse, and they're trying to find a place to flee, trying to find a place to hide. Because of what? The enemy. Because by all standards and by all reason, when they find him, they are going to do whatever they can to eliminate any threat to the throne by killing Mephibosheth. So they're fleeing. And the verse goes on to say, And his nurse took him up, and they fled. And as she fled in her haste, he fell, and he became lame. And his name was Mephibosheth. Now look back to chapter 9 with me for a second. Go back to chapter 9 for a second. And it says, Zebah said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame in his feet. Verse 4. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Zebah said to the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, and the son of Emmanuel in Lodabar. Now, if you can see the whole picture here for a moment, here's Mephibosheth. He's trying to do everything he can to stay off the radar. Fifteen years have passed by. And the last person he wants to see is King David. Because not only is, king, is David king, he is very well established. He's, he's strengthening his position. And the last thing that he wants to do is confuse David on making him think that he was a threat to the throne or perhaps that he might be after his grandfather's wealth or his grandfather's inheritance. So here's this 20-year-old lame man hiding, not even living in his own house, but living somewhere else in some obscure place called Lodabar. And David finds out where he is. You know, I wish I could describe, because I sit there and wonder how many of us, if we could really picture the feelings of the things that were going on in Mephibosheth's heart here how many of us could really say, you know, no, I can really relate to that. Because I, too, know what it means to be crippled. I know what it means to be lame. I know what it means to be dropped. I know what it means to be scarred. I know what it means to have a permanent injury. It may not be physical. It may be emotional. It may be mental. It may be financial. And it could be a number of different things. But it's caused you to be reluctant, not as as aggressive as you might have been. Or as confident as you might have been. Or as involved as you might have been at one time. Because you know that there's some pain involved. You know that there's some embarrassment involved. And you're just ashamed of it all. And here's a story. Story of Mephibosheth. And he's in fear for his life. Thinking, is David now going to kill me? Because that's what any powerful king would do to any grandson of the oppressor of a king who tried to kill him. So he's just sitting there minding his own business, taking care of his own situation trying to not assert himself at all. Think of, for a moment with me, someone that has been dropped. That they've been dropped and have been crippled as a result of that. Maybe they've been dropped by a spouse. I mean, it's different being dropped by a boyfriend or a girlfriend. But what about years of marriage? All of a sudden, he walks out. All of a sudden, she goes in a totally different direction. And all of a sudden, you're carrying this crippled situation and it's totally redirecting your life. Or maybe you've been dropped by a job, a profession. A career. I mean, you've prepared your entire life. You've trained your entire life. You have, you have, you've had all kinds of goals wrapped up in this career, all kinds of securities wrapped up in this career. Then all of a sudden they come in and say, We don't need you anymore. And the rug has been pulled out from underneath you, and your confidence is gone. Are there times in our lives where we can go through situation after situation after situation, story after stories, what ifs after what ifs? My guess is every single one of us in this auditorium, every single one of us, if we dig deep down inside of us and find some point of pain in our life, that Satan would love to pour the fuel on that fire and say, you know what? You know, there's a lot of people that you know that have not been affected by this coronavirus. There's a lot of people that you know that haven't been laid off. There's a lot of people that you know that haven't been in riots. And because of that, we all have burdens. Because of that, we all have heart pains. We all have pains in our lives. And Satan wants us to crawl underneath the bed. He wants us to crawl into a hole. He wants us to wonder about. He wants us to wander about in someone else's house. Satan wants to say, hey, you know what? You don't have a place in the new kingdom. You don't have a place in God's new plan. Your life is finished. You're lame. You're crippled. You have baggage. You have scars. And God can't use you. But David, but David says, "Where is he? Who is he? He's in Lodabar. We keep reading. in verse five, it says, "Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Lodabar." He didn't wait. Mephibosheth didn't request an audience from, from the king. And I doubt Mephibosheth would even want to request an audience from the king. David here, David here he sent there and took the initiative. To make, he made the contact. He sent for him. He said, bring him here to me. And then in Mephibosheth in verse 6 it says, The son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David and he fell on his face and he paid homage. Now, my understanding is is that Mephibosheth was probably the most frightened person on the planet here. Because he's probably thinking, why in the world does he now want to see me? Is he now going to kill me that that he's found me? Is he now going to put me to death? Is he now going to torture me? Is he now going to repay me for, for all those things my grandfather did to sit there to make his life miserable? But David says, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold, I am your servant. And he probably realized that Mephibosheth here is he's scared to death because David says to him in verse 7, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan, and I will restore to you the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat at my table always. I mean, this as far as anything he would think would happen. He had nothing to be afraid of at all. In verse 8, he says, He paid homage to him and said, What is your servant that you have shown regard to a dead dog such as I? Then the king called Zeba, Saul's servant, and said to him, All that belongs to Saul, and to all his house, I give to your master's grandson. And you... And your sons and your servants shall till the land. For him he shall bring in the produce that your master's grandson may have bread to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson shall always eat at my table. Now, then it goes on to say, now Zeba had 15 sons and 20 servants. But do you realize Do you realize what David just did? David calls Mephibosheth, who had fled David's rule. And as a result of it, he was dropped and crippled. You see, when we flee, when we go against God, you too are going to be crippled. You're going to have baggage. You're going to have scars. You're going to sit there and think that God is through with you. That he's finished with you. That he has nothing to do with you. But David here, David here, he takes the initiative. He says, go find him. Bring him here to me. And he's scared to death. But he says, first thing, I'm going to give you inheritance. Secondly, I'm going to give you servants. And thirdly, I'm going to give you a place at the table. He goes on to say that he gives him a place at the table just like one of the king's sons. And guess what? That is exactly what God does for you. It has nothing to do with what Mephibosheth had done. It had everything to do with David and his relationship with Jonathan. God is good to us. Not because of what we have done. or how good you are or how many people you pray for or any of those other things. God is good to us because of Jesus Christ. Because what Jesus Christ did for us by paying that penalty on the cross for our sins. He says, if you will just come and surrender yourself to me, like Mephibosheth did to David. He says, first off, I'm going to give you an inheritance. Secondly, we'll be co-heirs with Jesus Christ. He says, I'll give you whatever you need. But you may say, but I'm weak. I'm crippled. I'm not capable. I don't have the experience. But he says, I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit of God to live with you. We live in you, to help you, to equip you, to empower you, to embrace you with God's eternal grace. And furthermore, even though just sometimes we take it for granted, he says, I'm going to provide you a place at the table because you are a child of mine. It's unthinkable. Unthinkable. But the same blessings that David provides for Mephibosheth is the same blessings that God provides for us. Provides for you. You know, we can sit there and go off and live in some deserted area, some deserted place, or we can sit there and say, God has taken initiative and wants me in his presence. Seeing this story is an Old Testament illustration. And David is demonstrating the role of God the Father. And he's responding to a relationship that he had with Jonathan as God the Father responds to a relationship that he has with Jesus. But let me tell you who Mephibosheth is. Mephibosheth is you. He's every single one of us. Because we're all crippled. We've all ran away from God. We've all failed. Nothing in our hands. No plea. No argument. No defense. No excuse. We all deserve to be executed. But God, but God took the initiative. And because of Jesus, he invites us to put our crippled feet Underneath his table, so that way we can experience his inheritance, his power, and his blessings that we so richly do not deserve, but he makes it available for you and for me. And we're going to sing an imitation song. Maybe one of you needs the prayers of the congregation. we would be more than happy to pray for you. Or maybe you want to make things right, and you want to experience God's inheritance, His power, so that way you can put your feet underneath His table. Everything is ready. Everything is prepared. He has taken initiative. He has invited you to come. Don't be frightened. Don't be frightened, as Mephibosheth was at first, because you realize there's nothing to be frightened of. But he wants you to come forward as we stand and sing. Standing for the.
1: offering, so please do that before you leave. Our last song this morning will be number 971,
5: 971. Mm -hmm. Restore my spirit, Lord, I need restored. My heart is weary, please help me, dear Lord. I stand in need of more strength from your word. Renew my love, rebuild my faith, oh, restore my soul. Revive the fire, Lord, deep in my soul. Stir my desire to work in your fold. Lighten my heart, dear God, your zeal grown Renew my love, rebuild my faith, oh, restore my soul. Renew my courage, Lord, it needs restored. My cup is empty, refill it, dear Lord. Replace all doubts and fear with faith, of bold. Renew my love, rebuild my faith, oh, restore my soul.
1: Let's uh, close with prayer, please. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for this day that you've allowed us to come together here to worship you, to sing songs of praise to you. Lord, we pray that everything that we have done, said, and that we have sang this morning, Father, is in accordance with your word and is uplifting to us and worthy of your praise. Lord, we thank you for the lesson that was given today. Lord, we pray that we'll be able to always follow you and do what you would have us to do. Lord, we pray that you'll be with all those that are sick and that need your help. Lord, those dealing with the virus and uh, the other sicknesses, Lord, just be with them, help the doctors and nurses that are caring for them. Lord, be with all the first responders as they deal with this right now. Lord, we pray that you'll be with us as we leave here, that you'll Keep us safe and watch over us until we meet again. Lord, we thank you for your son. and Through him that we can have that home in heaven with you. Lord, we pray that you'll forgive us of our sins. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.